0: This is the Oklahoma Talking Company. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks for coming around right again. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the OKC Show. I'm your host, Jason Baffrey. I want you to think back, and it may not be the best of memory for you, but May 20th, 2013 was a very important day for our state and our city. For me, I was uh, working at a business in Moore, Oklahoma on that afternoon when the dark clouds rolled in and uh, Gary England and the rest of the uh, well-known weather forecasters started talking about the tornadoes uh, that were headed this way. And I watched as a very, very large tornado came right at me and the people that I worked with and uh, ended up going just a little to the north. But we were right there by the um, the Warren Theater and uh, walked outside right after it had passed through to see the, the carnage that was left of the theater and the buildings that were just to the north of it that were completely leveled. And it was really one of the most surreal experiences of my life. I had lived in Oklahoma. I was born and raised here and have had you know tornado experiences and my grandparents had a storm cellar and I uh, visited it on more than one occasion throughout my life. But that day, May 20th, 2013, is one that I'll never forget. And most of us around here won't ever forget. And there were some tragedies, but some incredible stories that have come out of that. All of that to lead into my guest today, Pastor Stephen Earp of Elevate Church in Moore, Oklahoma, who is also the executive producer of the movie Where Was God? that told some of those amazing stories from that day and the days that followed. And uh, Stephen, thank you for joining us on the OKC Show.
1: Thanks so much, Jason. I'm a I'm a new fan, and I'm just super honored to be here.
0: Yeah it uh, it had to have been. I mean, you were in Moore at the time, and as a, as a pastor of a church and somebody that lives in that community, um, what was that day like for you? So my wife and I we um, we live
1: actually just outside of Moore on the uh, on the northwest side of Moore. So we were about a mile and a half. Um, north of the damage but for us um you know the storms had rolled through the day before on the 19th and we we had been we have a huge shelter i mean we can probably fit 30 or 40 people in there and so the neighbors all come over and that day on the 20th um you know we knew there were potential storms coming that day um my kids were you know i have five kids and they were all in four different places they were all in their schools um my wife is um is uh, wheelchair bound and so it's um difficult getting her in and out of the shelter mm-hmm. <laughs> so when the you know when the sirens came we just we just went down there with the neighbors and camped out um prayed hang you know hung out with a lot of the neighbor kids and and uh, and it had some had some laughs and and uh and just were kind of wondering about the rest and um for me, the most interesting thing, the things that I remember the um, most about that time were, um, you know, the, the communications w- weren't good. So we're, right. we're in the shelter and the lights were on and off I and mean, we had power in our shelter. But, um, you know, it's like I, you, you couldn't send a text message or make a phone call. But every once in a while, like 30 or 40 text messages would come through at once. Yeah. And everyone you've met in the last yeah. 40 oh, years, you know, are, oh, my gosh, I just saw the news <laughs> in
0: Oklahoma. Are you OK? <laughs>
1: yeah. And it's like, well, I would be OK if I would not have so many texts. I really want to hear from my kids right now. And so that's that's what it was like. And we, um, you know, when we were finally sure that it had passed. We we came out of the storm shelter. And, and like you, uh, Jason, and everybody else and more, we. Um, we were dazed and, and confused. I, you know, I was, I was internally, I mean, on the, on the outside, you know, I was, I needed to be the man and I'm, I'm the pastor, the confident community leader. Uh, but inside, you know, I, I, I was wondering about my kids, where, where are they? I, I heard that some schools had been hit and which schools were they? And the, the news reports, they were not saying that at the time. Yeah, And, and so we were immediately thrown into full-time disaster relief mode. And
0: uh, so that's, that's how that day went for us. Yeah. I had to, uh, I walked out and, uh, I wanted to make sure that my car was still there or I really anticipated that it was gone, but it was there and it was packed with mud. And uh, we had um, the the people that I worked with and I had all walked over to the to the Warren Theater, like I said. And I mean, there were cars wrapped around telephone poles and cars flipped upside down. Um, You know, we were going to try to help whoever we could. And then by that time, emergency personnel was arriving in that location and was pretty much trying to clear us out of there. But then my next thing was, you know, how quickly quickly can I get home because I don't know where it's going. I don't know what's happening. And my family was in Edmond and I wanted to get there to right. make, you know, to be with them and make sure they were OK and let them know that I was OK. Uh, well, I'm wondering, is that. is there any uh, is there anything else coming? I yeah. Mean, are there other storms? There were other warnings
1: in other parts of the state. Right. And it didn't get much attention because of the big one. So, yeah.
0: So uh, you, you come out of that, you make it through. I mean, those those first few days were just. um Chaos uh, on on all levels, and I can imagine um, being in the community and like you said, you being the the, the pastor, the confidant, uh, the the person that people are going to come to when they're they're hurting the worst. You probably were inundated with uh, phone calls and, and messages and people coming to you and, and, and seeking help and restoration and. Um, was that what was going yeah, on? Yeah, absolutely. We, you know, we immediately started getting messages. Um, some of them
1: were messages from people. Um, a lot of them, again, were asking if we were okay. Some of them were, um, you know, at requests for help. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I got a, one text message from one lady who said, uh, her name was Cindy Beam, and she sent me a text message and she said, uh, well, Pastor Earp, my, my house is gone. Everything's gone, but the dogs are okay. And I just hope my house landed on a wicked witch somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's good that people can still have a sense of humor in, in
0: those situations.
1: <laughs> yeah. At that point it was, um, you get a little joy here and there. And and so that's what it was like. It was, it was, um, a lot of people asking, how can I help? And
0: then a handful of people asking, Hey, we really need some help. Obviously, a lot of stories, a lot of people suffering tragedy, um, you know, we, we mourned with the, the loss of life at the, at the elementary school uh, and, and the other losses of life, um, but there were, you know, great stories of um, people being saved and, and helping each other and, of course, Oklahoma Strong, everybody came together. When did you decide that you wanted to tell these stories on a, on a monumental scale? so you know just like you and by the way i your listeners
1: may not realize this but um i'm aware of your personal involvement in um, storm relief and leading in the community um as well jason i think it's important for people to know that but um you know that as the hours turned into days and the and the days turned into weeks of, of just doing nothing but disaster relief we continually heard stories and Um, a lot of people in the beginning were dazed and, and confused. Um, this, the the storms, the storm impacted everyone in the area. For some, it was a minor inconvenience. I mean, you know, they can't watch their favorite TV show because the weather reports, right? They can't drive between Oklahoma city and Norman because of the roads, um, for others, it was uh, you know cleaning up their yard or their house. Um, for others, it was maybe some minor remodeling um, or major remodeling. Um, but then for other people, um, you know, this storm hit them in such personal ways that it, it became the type of storm when that when when some of these people entered into it, they perhaps still aren't even sure even today if they'll ever come out, and so. Um, we started hearing these stories and in the midst of hearing these stories and some of them were some of them were very painful to listen to. And even thinking back now, um, you know, I, I think about some of the people that I, I met in the early days and, you know, wh- where are they now and how are they? Um, but there were certain people that when we would uh, listen to them, even some of the most tragic stories and you, you look in their face and you just see light in their eyes. And it's almost a sense of of hope and faith and peace, even in the midst of this great darkness, um, that would allow us to sleep better at night. Uh, the, it was that this this um, this light in their eyes that
0: allowed us to um, to really see Jesus in the midst of that, mm-hmm. and so and and so you at some point made a decision we're going to make a film and we're going to tell yeah. these stories uh, had you been a filmmaker before i mean had you was it something that you had always dreamed of you absolutely mean, not <laughs> i <laughs> never thought of it
1: <laughs> um so we're listening to these stories and um i mean dozens of stories a day and and uh, about two weeks in, a friend of mine called me. His name is Chris Forbes, and I believe you've had him on the yeah, show. Our
0: audience should be familiar with Chris. Yeah.
1: And so Chris um, Chris and I are, are good friends, and, and we talk uh, ministry and um, missions and things a lot. And he called, and, he, he, and I'll never forget the conversation. He said, Stephen, I want to come talk to you and he said i i had an idea and he said all these media trucks In another few days the national media they're they're all going to be gone and and they're they're telling their 45 second sound bites of of people's lives and and they're sharing stories of sadness and tragedy and and some stories of hope and and overcoming he said but um there still are going to be stories to be told after they're gone and we met and i said let's meet let's talk about it and so we met and we started thinking you know what 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 happens after tragedy uh and and how do people recover not just physically i mean you know we can we could film we could video a house being rebuilt and that would be pretty neat to watch you know and in, in um if you had a time lapse video or something like mm-hmm. that um but you know what how do people uh, recover emotionally and spiritually from disaster what is what does tragedy do to someone's faith and uh, those were the kind of questions we wanted to ask and so we started um we started this project we called uh, we we called it where was god stories of hope after the storm and initially it was going to be just a a small community um, let's share some some hopeful stories that can that can encourage people, right. and 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 showing how even in the darkest of times, God is there. and And so we started this, and uh, initially it was me and uh, Chris Forbes and another local producer named uh, Brian Cates. So through the summertime, you know, we were already hearing stories, all these stories, and most of our people in our own church, our church is in the heart of Moore, so. Um, you know, the first night, everyone, everyone that I knew of from our church was either living with someone or had people living with them um, because of the destruction. So we, we were hearing the stories already. And, um, you know, just like you guys were, uh, just like you were in, in what you were doing with, with helping uh, distribute um, food items and things like that, you, you, you hear all these stories from people. And so we started picking some of them up, and, and we started saying, "Hey, how would you feel about sharing this um, on video? How would you share? You know, care, how would you feel about capturing this?" By August, um, we really felt like we had something substantive. You know, there were some stories that we felt like people need to see this, and, and we, we can do it at a higher level, a higher quality. And so, in August, we brought on a guy named Travis Palmer. And Travis is a local filmmaker. There are um, a lot of people don't realize this, but Oklahoma City has a um, has a bustling film community already. Yeah. Uh, a lot of films come here to either be shot or to be uh, finished, uh, you know, edited or color correction, things like that. And so there's a there are a lot of film professionals here. And, uh, you know, several of the schools have strong uh, film, uh, film schools here. And so uh, Travis had, had had been involved in the program at OCCC as an instructor, and uh, we, we knew him, and he had been involved in a high level in, uh, uh, in shooting a lot of films. And so we got a hold of him. We said, "Hey, Travis, you know, here's our vision. We we want to share these stories. Can you help us do it in in as beautiful a way as possible? Can you help us, you know, craft this in a way that can impact people?" And when Travis came on board, um, things started happening. Uh, other other artisans started committing to the project. Um, different crew people, different artists from the area, and literally dozens of people started, and the, and the project grew on that side um, on the other end of things on the the story side of things uh, things started developing as well you know um, some of our storylines you know initially we were following about eight different families um, and w- and our plan was well let's just follow these eight families and and maybe at the end of a year we'll have four or five of them and we can tell at eight to ten minute little uh, vignettes about their life you know their their recovery And um, but what happened was some of these families, their storylines started overlapping. We would we would show up at a community event, and uh, and there would be three different families that we had already interviewed, and they're all there. And then some of some of their lives started intersecting. They started meeting each other, and and uh, it felt like it really felt increasingly like God was doing something special. And so um, that's sort of a long answer to your question how I got involved in producing a film but <laughs> it really was not an intentional thing we just you know t- took the opportunities as they arose and
0: felt strongly that You know that God was in the process for us. Yeah, and for our listeners, you may be wondering why are we, you know, revisiting this story at this juncture in time. It's been uh, a couple of years since the tornado and the the movie came has come out and been in theaters, but it was just recently released on Netflix. And so, you if you have not seen the movie where was god uh you definitely need to find it on netflix you can just search for it and and it'll pull up it is tremendous i mean it's it's beautifully done it's beautifully shot and the stories you know i'm an action movie guy i like car chases and things that explode sure i am too (laughs) and this is not that and you know i'm not a big crier and i you know, you can't make it through this movie without having some tears. I mean, there's just no way. And I don't mean that um, That that's not a bad thing in this case, because these are stories that that need to be heard. And it's much more than just here's what happened to us during a tornado. These are stories of uh, redemption. These are stories of something. Deep inside of people that allows them to overcome the worst kind of tragedies, uh, and not just deep inside of people, but a strength from from God that allows you to overcome things. And if you're not if you're not a believer, uh, there's something there for you to to be learned in how to make it through uh, tragedies and overcome, and still have hope and joy in in the midst of. Uh, terrible tragedy and and loss. And uh, how did you really kind of narrow things down, Stephen, to, to be able to pick which stories you told? Narrowing down the stories was by far
1: the most difficult part of the process because there were so many great stories. I mean, uh, so many stories of, uh, of heroism, you know, uh, teachers that sacrificially um, I mean, all of the teachers, public school teachers are unsung heroes on a day-to-day yeah, absolutely. basis. And, you know, this was an opportunity for the world to see, hey, look what these people do there. They sacrifice themselves for your kids. And, uh, so, uh, teachers and, and first responders, law enforcement, um, so many stories that, that were just incredible. Um, some of the stories, you know, s- seemingly miraculous, um, but the, but the most, um, The most encouraging stories to me were were stories more of transformation. Yeah, you know where where something happens in someone's life so that these are not the stories we ended up telling. Um, It wasn't just well, here is some bad thing that happened and and uh, you know and I'm still positive about it. It wasn't like that. Right. It was more like here is this story and along the way some life storm happened to me and uh and and here's how i've changed as a result here are some ways that i've developed i've i've grown i've become something different and i think a lot of times in life the most important the most important things in life to me are not the things we achieve or or the goals we set but it's what we become in the process and so um the difficulty was uh in narrowing down the stories was um you know which ones you know we can only tell so many stories in a quality substantive way and so which ones could best represent the heart of people who have who have struggled and overcome and so that it was very difficult there's no there's no easy way about it and we we even filmed a good number of people that uh, that didn't end up in the you know in the film and so we it would be a, you know
0: a month long film if we were to tell every great story. Yeah, one of the acts of heroism uh, that that's highlighted is the the story of uh, the teacher uh, Karen Marinelli. Yes. Yeah, yeah. and um, she literally sacrificed her her um, her body and uh, to save some some children that she was that she had in her class that were still in the school. Um, she had to be transported to the hospital and everything, but the, I don't want to give away the ending of the movie, but I mean (laughs) her story, you know, it ends so great because kind of towards the end, it shows that she's getting ready to have a baby of her own and everything. And obviously some time has passed. So have you connected with her to know where she is? Yeah,
1: we do. We keep up with, uh, Karen and Dominique, uh, um, and her boys. And, um, they are, they're a great family They've become good friends of ours now since the movie. And, um, she she did have the baby uh, close to the one year anniversary um so i guess the uh, baby uh, she would be about 18 months old now uh, everybody's happy and healthy and karen is still teaching and more and and so, but yeah, her story was great. I mean, I, and a little, a little, I'll give a little more into the story than, than you did, if that's okay. Yeah, please do. Um, you know, Karen was teaching, uh, first grade at Plaza Towers Elementary, one of the elementary schools that got hit. There were three schools that got hit, um, heavily. Two were completely destroyed Briarwood Elementary and Plaza Towers. Um, Plaza Towers. There were seven uh, seven precious kids that uh, didn't didn't get to go home to mom and dad, but instead they went home to meet Jesus. And um, so Karen was in Plaza, and she was teaching first grade. She had three students left. A lot of parents through the day, were, you know, were coming to get their kids. She had the three smallest boys in her class, and uh, she. She sort of gathered them up in her arms and laid herself across them on her on her hands and knees Um, and a a car flew into the brick uh, cinder block wall. Oh, wow. Knocked the wall over onto her. Uh, you know, it crushed part of her uh, pelvis. She had multiple fractures, um, hospitalized, and and in, in, in a wheelchair for a long time. Um, but now you wouldn't know it uh, by you know by meeting her now. She's happy and healthy and and positive. And uh, she she literally uh, was willing to sacrifice her life as as well as uh, all all the other teachers in the buildings um, for her students.
0: And so, uh, really, a great story of of hope and 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 overcoming. Yeah, yeah. And the great thing that, that you guys did in the movie was, I mean, you connected her with one of the boys that that she saved, and and the parents, you know, obviously found out that their son was still alive, and you know, it's a miracle and everything. And they didn't find out until later that the teacher, what the teacher had actually done. And and then it just, I mean, there's this automatic bond that comes out of that. Right. And And they're still great friends today. Yeah. Uh, And that's just, you know, a highlight of one of the great stories that comes out of the film, uh, Where Was God?, which again, you can go on Netflix now and and find. Now Stephen, um, you have also taken some of those stories and and gone a little deeper now as you have a book that is being released this week, Storms of Life. can be found at the website wherewasgod.com, uh, wherewasgod.com and and uh, tell us a little bit about it. Sure. So um, initially, we were, you know, we, we were
1: working on the movie, and um, and the idea came about. Hey, why don't we come up with some resources, some written resources, to kind of go along with it, to share some of the stories we were not able to share in the movie. Um, but as we as we continued to work on it, um, we we felt like the book needed to be more of a standalone. Um, you know, the question of um, why does God allow difficult things? You know, this, you know, if God is good and God is all powerful, then why do bad things happen to good people? It's a very difficult question, and it's difficult for um, for people who are believers in a higher power, um, and it's difficult for people who are skeptics. Um, and so in my life and ministry, I, there, you know, my life and ministry has intersected um, with suffering people so many times that it has almost become a defining thing for us. Um, the very first, the very first funeral I did when I became a pastor was a, you know, a 15 year old girl um, who, you know, was um, was diagnosed with a terrible illness, and and I had I prayed for her and I told the mother, you know, God's gonna get you through this and. Um, you know, within a couple of weeks, I was I was preaching her funeral. In a very short time, I had done two hundred plus funerals, and um, just in a matter of a few years. And uh, so we we've seen a lot of different types of suffering. And um, and then um, you know when when the when the storm hit, and and what we've seen is um, a common thing about life storms. Now, not everyone not everyone's going to go through an incredible tragedy like the city of Moore. Um, you know, to me, that storm sort of became a metaphor for the storms of life. Sure. I mean, because we all experience life storms. It it may not be a physical um, natural disaster, but it it's it's a divorce, or it's a bankruptcy, it's a child custody issue, or it's it's a disappointment when what I expect, I expect one thing, and then what happens is something completely different, and so there's this disappointment in the middle. And how do I process that? You know, how do I, how do I experience those type of storms with, uh, with faith intact? You know, is it possible to still see suffering and, um, and and be a be a follower of, of Christ? And uh, these are all difficult questions. And so we wanted, I wanted to wrestle with these. Um, so the book "Storms of Life," it initially. Um, We started with about 150 interviews, 150 hours, excuse me, not 150 interviews, 150 hours of interviews um, from people that were involved in the Moore tornado. But from there, it sort of expanded. I had done some previous writing. um, I've journaled since I was about 16 years old. and, um, and, And so we wanted to deal with life storms in general. So in the book, uh, we do reference the tornado as one of the things that initiated the book. Um, we deal with six major life storms. Uh, one is a storm of disappointment. You know, how can we find God in that? Mm-hmm. Another is uh, financial uh, financial uh, brokenness, relational brokenness we deal with. We, we do have a chapter or two on natural disasters and tragedies. Um, we don't in the in the book. I I didn't try to answer decisively for God. I think is uh, I think it's you know God forbid that I would be so arrogant as to um, as to say exactly this is the mind of God in this and right. this is why God allowed something. Uh, but I do think we can reflect and see examples of where He is even in the midst of the darkness. Um, so natural disasters and we deal. There's one chapter that deals with illness and disability. Uh, how do I find God in that when things are not exactly as I had hoped? And then grief and loss, which all of us uh, all of us will experience. Yeah. And and so all of these things are surround the this notion of of mourning or loss. It's a loss of a, of expectations. And so um, we it's there's a lot of story in the book. I'm more of a passionate storyteller uh and and then there's a there's a little so there's a lot of story and there's a a little teaching for in this type of life storm here are some things you can do to still have your faith intact um and not only that but here are some things you can do to help someone if someone is grieving um here are some things you could say or more importantly here's some things we should perhaps not say to someone who Is grieving, and so that's the direction of the book. It's
0: the storms of life, learning to trust God again. Okay. So, is this a book that you think um, that the the non Christian can can get something out of?
1: If someone is, uh, that's a great question, Jason. If someone, it's written specifically with the person of faith in mind. Um, okay. So, I would say if someone has spiritual sensitivities or they are interested in spiritual things in the least. I think they might find some insight into this. Um, but, but I do, I do assume th- some things in it. I, d- I don't, it's not specifically written. Um, you know, if you have these academic questions about faith and God and that type of thing, we don't address those head on. They are addressed to some extent. So I think if someone's even, even remotely curious, I think it would resonate in the same way the Where Was God film, um, resonated we we did really well the where was God film um, we did not expect this but it did really well at film festivals in film festivals specifically that were not faith-based because the the idea of hope um, is something that resonates with every person irrespective of their faith yeah and so while I'm a, I'm a Christian pastor and I you know I, I live my life talking about Jesus Christ the themes of hope and faith and overcoming, are common to all men and so there are some themes there that that resonate yeah it transcends religion if you will yeah absolutely yeah yeah
0: well that's uh it's fantastic and again the book storms of life can be found at the where was god website where was god.com the where was god movie can be found now on netflix and you can also order the dvd from uh, the where was god website or you can get the DVD pretty much anywhere DVDs are sold. Oh, there it's, you go.
1: It's still in some Walmarts and Sam's and everything else all across the country.
0: Steven, I just want to thank you for uh, taking time to to come in and join us today. Do you have any uh, – you ready to do another film? I would love to do a film one day. Yeah.
1: And uh, we, we will one of these days. I don't know when it will be, but I would I
0: would absolutely love to do a film one day. Well, yeah. we will look forward to that because again, uh, where was God was was just fantastic. Uh, it has a great look if you're into cinematography and things like that. I mean, it's beautifully done. So, well, thank you please so much. please take a chance or take not a chance, but take some time and uh, and watch the movie. And you can pick up the book. Pastor Stephen Earp, Elevate Church in Moore, Oklahoma. Where can, are you on uh, Twitter? or Anything like that? I am. I'm Oklahoma? on
1: Twitter and Facebook, and I would love to connect with any of you. Okay. So. And and what do they need to look for? Is it just just look name? for my name? Stephen Earp. Okay. So Stephen Erp in Moore, Oklahoma. There there may be some other Stephen Earps, but there aren't any others in Moore.
0: All so. Right. Well, thank you so much for joining us and thank you for telling these amazing stories and uh, again pick up the book, watch the movie. So, I am your host Jason Baffrey. It's been my pleasure to be with you. Thanks for taking the time to listen. We are out of here. production of Destiny Creative.